Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast which each week I'm on a one-man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox. And with me on the podcast is somebody who's should have been on here a long time ago. I'm going to keep it 100. Yeah, should have been on here a minute. You know, somebody who I've said is one of the most interesting people I know. I mean, like, every time I see him, like, you know, there are certain people who, like, put stuff out there, you know, like, um, Who's the great philosopher? When you think of the great philosophers of the world, <laughs> you know, you know the uh, yeah, yeah, the, your the T.I.s, yeah. <laughs> the T.I.s, <laughs> the Marcus Garvey's, <laughs> not the T.I.s. I mean, I'll be using big words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it. You gotta add my brother Penrose or two. How you doing, bro? Man, my bad, man. You caught me in the middle of drinking water, man. I'm great. <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm glad you're doing great, man. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure, man. As always, we like to start the podcast with the five for five. Five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. Penrose, you ready? Let's do it. Question number one. I'm going to ask this question for all these people across the world that want to know the answer to this. All right. Why are you so hyped on candy corn? Why are you the one who keeps bringing this thing and making candy corner thing every Halloween? So for me, like, honestly, ever since I've been little, bro, like I've been in love with candy corn. It's my second favorite candy behind nerds. And really, a, it's a terrible second favorite candy. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I get why people say that, because I'm going to be honest, the taste of candy corn, if we got to be honest, is not like it's like it's an acquired taste. Like if you like it, you like it. Like I understand why a lot of people don't. But for, I'm a sugar fiend, bro. And so for me, the fact that a lot of people, all right, politics, religion, candy corn, those those things have no gray area. <laughs> people fight you over candy corn the way they fight you over their, their religious beliefs, you know what I mean? And so I love it so much. And I'm, I, I like being so in tune with just people in general, the community, this, that, and the third. That I was just like, when I first started it, it really was just on some appreciation and doing stuff that I like. And then when I seen so many people was like, nah, and then, you know, other people that was rocking with me, I was like, yo. We starting a whole war out here, you know what I mean? And so I just was like, bet, let's keep going. So this year wasn't as 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 big as it should have been, and that's my fault, you know what I mean? I was going through personal stuff or whatever, but like even even with with because like last year, like you you wasn't you you know what I mean? You you wasn't vocal, but like this year, like me and Tam was talking about that. Like every year, somebody you find new people that join the squad when it's on one side of the next, you know what I mean? So I love candy corn, though, bro, and and I mean. I actually, I lie. I don't understand why y'all niggas don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's candy corn and peeps that's just in this category of weird Not, shit that just that people just like accept this candy. Like, it's just really candy. It's just like motherfucking it's just sugar. Like, I, I don't get it, bro. I know the peep thing, I don't get it. Peeps like, are horrible. Yeah, yeah. And no boy, I'm one of those people that once you find out like the true like origin or something, if it don't make sense to me or it sound off, I can, you know what I mean? I'm, I, I know how to detach from stuff. But even fi- finding out candy corn's true origin, I'm like, nah, that's not going to stop me. You know, it was, it, it was chicken feed. That was yeah. not even never meant, meant for people. This was chicken feed. And I'm yeah. <laughs> so, but nah, I love it. All right. Question number two. This is the first time I've ever asked this question to somebody on this podcast, but I'm going to ask you this question because I think, I think you can give a suitable answer for it. All right. Which one? Styles, Jada, or Chic? 
She glutes all day. Easy. Easy. She glutes. I mean, don't get me wrong. We know Jada the best with the wordplay out the group. Um, and Styles is official. All, all of them got bars. But for me, I say she glutes because I feel like coming up, the way the era we came up in, it I feel like the reason people were so uh, adamant about fighting over Pac when people disagree with them is because you cannot, those people identify with Pac, just like people identify with Biggie or Jay or whatever. So when it comes to the locks, I, I feel like I identify with Sheep. Like before um, before he dropped the, uh, what was it? The Gorilla? Um, nah, yeah, nah, that was, that's my joint. But um, Silverback. I remember being in a um in a uh a tattoo shop and I was talking to a dude about getting his, like the word silverback across my back. And then like two weeks later that album dropped, and I was just like, yo, I'm I'm in line with this dude. And plus, and if we gotta keep it a buck, he has the best verse on the entire We Are the Streets album. I'm trying to think what song you talk about. I love that. Off, album. Off, the, the last verse on Fuck You. Oh yeah. I don't give a fuck about that 380 Detroit shit with the same eight bullets. What, you know what you say? With the same eight bullets from last year. That that verse, bro. Oh. And then the joint, the joint where they really dissed uh Diddy. And he said, I leave a single shotgun shell on the top of your truck. That joint, yo. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, I can talk about lock with you because you 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 bought that shit. There's this locks freestyle. I think it's uh -huh. a flex freestyle. That is one of my favorite freestyles ever. It's the locks with drag on. And, and it's at Funk Master Flex. I think I know what you're talking about. And it's about, yeah. off of the um, what is the song called? The uh, you know the the Jigga sample, the Jigga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's my mother? Yeah, yeah. It's off of that sample that that, that you know switch flipped that and made like a song out of that. Right. The rock, the locks of freestyle off of that, and Sheik Luke's verse on that shit is hard as fuck. It's yeah, so she, good. Yeah, that he's underrated. I mean, I don't he think is. real hip hop heads underrate him, but like in general, you know what I mean. Also, which this is like a, I don't know if this is, uh, actually, it don't add to me, uh, liking or choosing him out the locks, but I just, you know, humble brag about Detroit. The, the unofficial mayor of Detroit, Trick Trick, him and his goons beat up uh, Styles and Kiss. Oh. And she, and she went in. So I'm like, yo, you know how to stay out the way too. So <laughs> I did not know that story. Yeah, on that album, one of the last locks albums. Uh, what was that recent album they dropped maybe like two or three years ago? Oh, shoot, I got that. You talked the one with, with X on it, right? Yeah, and they all on the front. It's like a black album, black cover, whatever. Um, uh, Styles talks about it. He raps about it. And then I went and when you go look it up, Trick Trick talk about it. And like, yeah, they was in a club and it was, you know, niggas drunk, whatever. And it, it was really a misunderstanding. But, you know, black men, when we drunk and we, and, and they stars. And where we come from, Trick Trick really do, like that no fly zone shit is real where we from. Yeah. That trick trick shut shit down. What he, he say usually it go. And so, yeah, they they thought that just because they was the locks, niggas weren't going to move on them, man. They got handled. So Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, they, I, everybody I, cool now. But, yeah. Yeah. I love the locks. Locks are dope. Me man. too. Me too. Like, I, I, I've i had phases of my favorite locks member being Chic. I think that was early locks. Like, you know, um, the first album. Um, Money, Power, Respect. Money, power, respect around to the time of um, We Are the Streets. Sheik was kind of my favorite because Sheik was the one who had the energy. Yeah. Then I think um, Jada Kiss for a good while. Then it always rotates. Then the Styles. Man. The Styles has these wild, crazy songs. And Styles just be saying some wild shit on records, man. And I love it. If you, really, if you really break them down, bro, I think Sheik is the most uh, hip-hop 
And when I say that, they all hip hop. But again, I relate to she. Styles actually is the one who makes the best solo albums. And Jada's the best lyricist. I think, yeah, I think that might be accurate. Because that gangster and the gentleman, I don't care. Right. I love Sheik. Nothing that Sheik or Jada didn't drop on a solo tip had, can touch Gangsta and the Gentleman. Styles, Styles did his thing with that joint. That is a great album. Yeah. I like it. All right. Question number three. Penrose, yes, what is the dumbest thing you think you've ever done as a kid? The dumbest thing I've ever done as a kid? Don't say that's going to get us arrested. <laughs> I'm not going to tell that story. Uh, <laughs> Smart man. The dumbest thing I've ever done as a kid. All right. I mean, this was kind of dumb. It wasn't nothing bad that happened. Me and my sister, bro, we was just laughing about this the other day. You know that um, you've seen the clips of the giant slide in Detroit and people was like getting injured on it. Yes. Well, that's that's after they redid it. Right. So we we you know, we grew up with that or whatever. So when we couldn't go to the park. Hold on. My, that those those videos are after they redid the slide. Yeah. So the slide back in the day was like uh like plastic and blue, if I remember correctly. You know what I mean? Like growing up, like, yeah, that's the, that's that's after the slide got redid. Like Bellow was Bellow was the shit growing up, and then it got shitty when Detroit went through all of that craziness. And you know, people the, the city wasn't putting no money into it. So that's yeah. Cause like when I seen that and people was like, Oh, you talked about this growing up. I'm like, nigga, we wasn't flying like that. Like, I don't know what they changed. <laughs> but um when we couldn't go to the park because we stayed on the west side, and that's that's uh, east side downtown. Me and my sister used to. <laughs> her mother worked at a. Um, I mean, her grandmother worked at the hospital uh, up the block from her house, uh, Sana or whatever. And we would uh, she would bring home the big industrial trash bags. So me and my sister, bro, <laughs> we would get in these trash bags and hug each other and slide down the steps. <laughs> I can't yeah, That's probably the dumbest shit I did. I mean, I've done a lot of dumb shit, bro. Like, yes, I, I'm quite sure. But like I said, don't want to say the illegal shit. Yeah, no, no illegal. Yeah, let's, let's not get us, a, us arrested. I, I I did something that got a girl sent to a mental institution because I told a lot to protect my family, and that's yeah, that's a long story. Now, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know if we should. <laughs> I I want to hear that story. We but might, we also might say scared. That. <laughs> we, we might say that for for for. Uh, off the air extra credits or something. Yeah, yeah, that might be a Patreon episode or something. Yeah, that one. There you go. All right. Question number four, bro. Yes, sir. I'm going to ask you a question. I've asked a few people. May I want to see where you fall on this. I want you to describe in the best way you can the Fruit of the Looms logo. Describe it the best way I can? Yes. Like what it looks like? What it looks like. Well, because I'm a nigga that believe in Mandela effects, and I know they real. Okay. Fruit alone, I know, has, what is it called? Cornucopia, right? Yes. Wanna, yeah. Yes. So, yes. So, it's, it's a cornucopia, and I want to say the apples on top. If we're looking at it, the apples on top, the orange to the right, and the, the, the purple grapes is, like, in the middle of those. Yes. That, that's the fruit alone I remember. Me too. This shit with no cornucopia, I'm like, nigga. That's a lie, bro. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to figure out and ask people, and everybody I've asked so far pretty much remember it the same way with yeah. the cornucopia. I, look, I believe in quantum immortality, and we don't have to get deep on it, but I believe oh, that's what we can. <laughs> no doubt. I believe, but honestly, I believe that's why things like that change. Quantum immortality, the, the, the basis of it is we are spirits that's here to have a human experience and not the other way around. And so the one thing that you don't know what it feels like is death. You know what pain feels like, love, all of that. 
So honestly, you don't know when you die, you don't know how it's going to feel. And so the the theory is that we all at one point, like you, you ever been driving and a car damn near smashed you or you you walking down the street, or you know, we've all been in those yeah. times with well quantum immortality. The the thought or the theory is is that one version of you actually did die. But since you don't know what death feels like, you just go another another part of you because energy can't be killed or created. So you're still you. So you just go to another alternate universe. And so in that universe, everything around you has to stay the same or you wake or you you go insane. So that's why the cornucopia ain't there because maybe we slipped into a parallel universe. So, you know, like I said at the beginning of this episode, one of the most interesting people I know. <laughs> and this is why I said that. Hey, man, I'm, I, I, the way I think a lot of people don't like the, Somebody told me the other day, they was like, yo, you take shit too serious. I said, nah, you can't keep up with conversation. That's all that is, yo. You know that. That's facts. That's facts. Sometimes I like, like, you know, with this podcast I've learned, I've done, I like to often think outside the box and talk to people who think differently so I can get a different point of view. Even if I don't like their point of view. If I think their point of view is trash as shit. All right. At least I learned from them and get to understand who they are and why they're trash and why they trash in my opinion. And it it arms me better for when I deal with people like that. Facts. I think a lot right. of times people just try to shut off conversations from people don't learn nothing from it. I feel like every conversation you can learn something from. You should, bro. Like even this is this is why my personal show is called Penrose versus anybody, which I which shout out to Detroit. Honestly, I named it that when that Detroit versus everybody movement started. Yes, but the reason I didn't call it Penrose versus everybody is because I'm not versus everybody. It's called versus anybody because versus does not necessarily mean that we are um, at war. Versus just right now, it's this right now is Delvin versus Penrose because we're sitting opposite of each other. Yes, and so when it when anybody means anybody can come on my show, come teach me something. I could I could for ten shows in a row, I could be stating something that I think is the truth, and then somebody comes and sit down and proves me wrong. I'm not mad that you proved me wrong because by by giving me the, the actual truth, you just made me more harmonic in, in, in society. So, yeah, you're right. We got to be able to learn from everybody, even if it's somebody we think is trash. And, like, even if you learn from the trash person that, fuck, I'm not going to deal with people like you. Yes. I learned that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're supposed to. If you go through this world, bro, and 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 can't learn, when you're standing at the, at the, at the on the corner about to cross the street and you hit the button and, you, and then somebody walk up next to you and compliment your shoes or Ask you what you listening to. You're supposed to take even something from them small interactions. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you can't learn on a daily basis, there ain't really no point in being here. I agree. That's facts. All right. Question number five, bro. All right. Zombie apocalypse happens, walking dead style. Uh-huh. Slow, so the slow zombies, you know. Well, I guess apparently they, they changed it up a little bit. I'll, I'll I was about to say that. thanks for explaining because I, I never watched The Walking Dead ever, and that's on purpose. Okay. <laughs> they, they, they're the slower zombies. Okay. The ones that are slow, but it's, it's their large in population. Okay. So it's the beginning stages of that. So they're still, you know, there. You can take five things to go out in the world and survive with. Anything you want. What are the five things you're taking to go in and survive in the world? Your family and pets don't count. They come with you if they want them to come with you. If they don't, let them die. Okay. I bet. So so humans and pets don't count because I did right. so it's about the, I bet. Five things. And, and these five things are meant to or just strictly survival. So whether it's I would say survival or fighting against the zombies. 
Yes. So uh, you can take something that's going to keep your mind focused. You can take something that's going to a weapon. You can take something to anything that you think you would need to survive in this world, this new world that you're going to be living in. All right. And so because it's me, I got to ask like clarifying questions. If I take one, if I take one book bag, but put 10 books in it, does that count as one thing? I will let that count as one thing. All right. But I'll tell you why, because the book bag and the 10 books inside the book bag, it's one book bag. So yes, that counts one thing. But so I would take uh, a book bag and the, the books I know I would take in it, the 48 Laws of Power, the Art of War, the Master Key System. Probably thank you for arguing. And the, and the, the Map of the Sky series. Okay. I take those. And also, they thick books. You can swing that motherfucker. Okay, um, okay I like that. Let me see. I ain't gonna front. Uh, I... Every, you, Everybody, if a motherfucker said they ain't got a vice, they're a lot. And your vice don't have to be alcohol, weed, or whatever. Even if you're a clean person, you got some type of vice. That is this true. Happen. Um, I have different vices, but the one we go, we'll talk about on the show. I I hate Henny, but I love Douce. So I would, okay. I would, you know, it's going to run out, but I take a Douce bottle to start. Also, okay. Douce bottle, thick as hell. Weapon. Hmm. Of course, uh, I got to think about my guns. I take my shotty. Out of all the guns, I take my shotgun. Okay. Because it's, it's the easiest to use. You're talking about zombies. We're trying to just buck and go. Let, let me uh, ask you, what kind of shells you got with the, the shotgun? Are they uh, buckshot shells? Are they, one, are they the ones that you can kind of like make your so, own shells for? You say, is it the ones that I can make my own shell? Yes. If I wanted to, yeah. But like, if, if I had to go buy them, I would I would have uh, bucks and slugs. Because I, I mean, I, I, I'm asking because you know, I don't, I don't think stores gonna be open too much longer if a zombie. Exactly. Popping. So that's nah, what I yeah, think. right. I, yeah, it's a, nah, yeah. If I if I well, because my grandfather was a hunter, so I learned a lot of shit growing up. So okay, probably probably not as much as I should have, but yeah, you can make the bullet. It, it's a um, it's an old school Mossberg. So, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um. And I honestly was was sort of barrel on. Because a lot of people don't even know why a sort of shotgun is better than a regular shotgun. They just hear it in songs and be like, eh. so yeah. Um elaborate if you can on that. Because so when with the sort of when you saw the barrel off, if you got you gotta figure with bug shots, they they come out and then they spread eventually. You know what yes. I mean? Once the shell breaks. So if you got a sword off, it's 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 for one, it's higher velocity. You have less barrel slowing down the bullet. And then two, especially if you got a double barrel, which I wish I had, you got extra range. And then uh, since we're talking zombies and not just regular war, though, you use bucks because the zombie's not going to die unless you shoot them in the head, right? So if you use bucks, you're just slowing them down. So because you, you're you not going to get everybody in the head every time. So I would take more buck shots. You know what I mean? Okay. That's Makes sense. That's three, right? Yeah. Um. A good pair of shoes, like some some shoes that's gonna last. Okay, so I'm not taking I'm not taking no running shoes or, or my Air Force ones or nothing like that. Like, and I'm not like wearing Tim's? no. I wouldn't wear no Tim's. I would probably get some if I did wear Tim's, bro. It would be the ones that we clown niggas about. The work shoes. The yeah, work yeah, yeah. Probably those. Still toe, of course. So I got I got the gun. I got my books for my mind. The douche probably was a bad choice, but I'm not changing it. Yeah, you gotta. You know what? You know what else I would take, bro? 
honestly, and this might sound stupid, but a family picture. Because if I got my family with me, you never know what's going to happen. You got to give somebody a reminder of what, why we doing this. The world just changed. If, if a zombie apocalypse happened and shit just changed, you got to, even if it ain't a family picture, you got to take something out the crib. Like, like, all right, so, um, in my, well, not right now, it's in storage right now because we just move them, sell them, packing shit. But we, uh, in the old house, there was a statue of a tree and it had the, um, see no evil, hear no evil, like all the way down it. Gotcha. No evil. And then there was a, uh, right next to it, there was a chimera dragon, so the three-headed dragon or whatever. And, um, when me and my ex broke up, anytime my son would like be sad, he literally would go get that tree or he'd look at it and remind. And yeah, we ain't together no more, but it reminds you of good times. So the analogy is if we out there and we going through something, yeah, I might not even be able to use this to 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 shit, like kill a zombie or nothing like that. But you gotta have something. A zombie apocalypse, bro, that means you in a time of despair, probably. So you gotta have something to keep your morale up. And 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 in an apocalypse. There ain't no video games. There ain't no going to the club. You know what I mean? So the only thing that's going to keep your shit up is something that's visual and that's uh, tangible to your beliefs. So that's those dope. would be my five things. I like it. I got hey. a lot. So, Pimrose, I got a lot of questions for you. I got a lot so, of answers. First and foremost, how did you get into podcasting? How did you get into everything that you're doing? Because you do a lot of things. You do like an open mic. You do podcasting. You've been around for a while. Like, you know, yeah, the homie um, Bella always bitches you. I, I, yo, I appreciate my teammates. That's the bro. Yeah, um, I got in podcasting because of my homeboy. I call him Fresh. Everybody else know him as Young Stab, BKA Young Stab. We, um, he he came to me in like 2015. He was like, "Bro, it, it's this new thing. This this new thing called podcast. It might have been 2014." And I'm like, "Yo, I heard of podcasting, but like." What the fuck, like, really is it? And so this is the time, like, when when the, the most famous people doing podcasting was uh, loudspeakers, you know what I mean? Like, okay. there was no real celebrities doing podcasting or whatever. And long story short, him and he, he came to me and our other mans, and one day I'm sitting at the crib, and he called me to, like, he wanted the chief or whatever, so he come through, and he brought his, uh, his laptop. We just sitting there talking about whatever. And then I had a big bay window in my crib in the city. Okay. And... I hear somebody knock on my window and it's my other man's rust face holding a, a, a mixer. And we sat there right there and we just started. And so I, I love talking. I love dropping knowledge and it, nigga press record and it just started. And so, and we, and honestly, because there wasn't too many famous, famous people at the time, we caught a very good wave, like a really good wave. You know what I mean? Like, I tell people all the time the most hurtful thing ever, we got a drop from Memphis Bleak and then fumbled it. You know what I mean? Oh. That's, that's, yeah. Like we should have been the first niggas on title, on a title podcast. And like it's dog. Anyway. Hold so on. We, what what happened with that? You got a drop from Bleak? Yeah. So we um so my man's and them came to me, they was like, bro, you talk a lot. And I was like, Yeah, they was like, You over talkers on the show. And they was right. So the idea that we came up with, because we was on the network called um the couch party. You know what I mean? And so we already had a lot of like uh, outreach and everything. So what we came up with was personally inside our camp, we came up with something called Wage Radio because our show, our show was called The Grime Lewis. And so we made up a fake radio station. We are Grime Empire, Wage Radio, and everybody had their own show. So I had one called The Palliative Penetration with Penrose. My man's like wrestling. So it was the uh, Rust Face, the, the Rusty Raw Report. That's what that was. Um, and then my man Stab, he, he loves 
90s hip hop. Okay. And he loves the underdog. And so he was like, we were trying to think of a name. He was like, yo, the myth is bleak appreciation hour. And I was like, where? Oh. He was like, so I got on Twitter and I was like, I hit bleak. And I was like, bleak, I know you eat, sleep, fuck a bitch with your gap. But when you get a chance, when you do a drop for me, dog, within 24 hours, that nigga did it. And on the drop, he was like, yo, it's Memphis Bleak on the Memphis Bleak Appreciation Hour with Young Stab. And he lined us up with Duce Mafia, Rockefeller, all of that. And then my man just got cold feet. And yeah, and like, you know, I wasn't going to be on no whole shit and just scrub his name out of it and everything. Like, I, I could have done that and used it, but I was just like, nah, you know, it was just a bag fumble. So, um, you know, but I, I, I think that's a testament how sometimes. And I, I think I, I think all of us have had at one point in the time. We fear that success. Yeah, that's what it was for him. He, he'll tell you, like, he just got comfortable with being on camera. Like, back in the days, bro, the reason we never did anything on camera back in the days is because he was just like, not everything had to be a uniform decision. And he was just, like, always scared of it. from Not scared, but just from the standpoint of, you know, podcasting was new, and he, he didn't want nobody from his job to see it, and I'm a very vulgar and don't give a fuck ass nigga. So he like, yo, I'm in line with you. What if somebody see this, see that, that? And so when it happened, everything was moving so fast for him. And he is the most introverted out of all of us. That's really what it was. We sat down and talked about it. Like it was, I never beefed with him. That's, that's probably the oldest friend I got. Second oldest friend. I've been knowing that nigga since preschool. So yeah. can't beef with you. But yeah, we fumbled that. So, you know, I, I, I won't call it football. I'll call it a learning experience. You know, you got to get along your homies. You got to learn where their lines at and the things that they can do and they can't do. Sometimes you got a nigga who just, who ain't got no jumper. So what you, you got to do it, is you put him under the basket. What it was, I think at that time too, bro, he was, he was the producer. So like I did all of the, the marketing for us. My mans did all of the cover art and the, um, and stuff like that. And then he was the producer and he, he, he one of them niggas that don't understand not having a bad chick. So he trying to get married around that same time too. So he, his chick, you know, you know, I, sometimes our women be like, oh, this this, this is just a hobby. You ain't making no money off this. Da, 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 da. So that she in his ear, you know what I mean? And this down the third, it was a lot, you know what I mean? But yeah, that yeah, shit still hurt uh, me to this day a little bit. Yeah, you know, sometimes people can't see the vision. Right. Especially you know when it comes to podcasting. Yeah, the facts. Hey, most women I've dated while, especially when I first started, me and my me and my chick at the time we were separated, and then she she came back home. But I was already podcasting for like six months before she came back home, and we sitting at my dinner table, which is like you know right down the hall from my room. So now she back home, and we record every Sunday, and she complaining, and I'm throwing parties and doing mashups, like you know what I mean. And she like, you don't take me no, we don't take me to this, take me to that. I'm like, yo, I'll be working when I go to these events. This ain't just. Like, she right. She didn't see the vision. She didn't understand that podcasting was, it wasn't the indoor B-Hall, but it's the springboard. So. I think um, it's such a new medium. I know people kind of like think of it as like this old thing that's been around forever because, you know, podcasting is almost just the evolution of talk radio. Yeah. But podcast is still very young. You know, it's very inexpensive to get into. Yeah. But, you, but you can get into it and you can kind of build a lane for yourself because there's a podcast for everything and there's every, everybody likes everything. So I think, like, yeah. like I have friends who do true crime podcasts and they, them podcasts blow up and they get to do like festivals and events just talk about murder, <laughs> which Fox. is wild, but you know, that's that's what it is. So, you know, you just have to find your lane and build on it. I think that's dope that you 
Because 20, what did you say? 2014? Well, like like somewhere in 2015, probably end of 2014, early 2015 time, yeah. That's, that's, a, long, that's a long time, man. That's almost... It's almost decade, 10 now. years, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know if you heard of Papalooza, where uh, if you know who the group DMST is, but like, long story short, we, you know, being from Michigan, it was some niggas from Cleveland, we found out they was talking shit about us. Not, not no hateful shit. They was just being funny because, you know, Michigan people don't like Ohio people and vice versa. Yes. That turned into us doing a mashup where we went down to Ohio. Then the next year, wherever the Michigan-Ohio State game was played, we would go to, to that town. But because we from the Midwest and Midwest niggas, we, we think we better than anybody in the country. Ain't gonna lie. We always try to outdo each other. So the first time we went, I'm looking at the hotel they had us in. So the next one, they came up to Detroit. I took them to the... Uh, to the Renaissance, I had them on the 62nd floor and had a, had a room on the 70th floor. And on the 70th floor, it's only two rooms. They run the whole length for the hotel, you know what I mean? And so the next year, them niggas took it to Vegas. <laughs> so it was, you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was a thing, you know what I mean? So, but, but so everybody needs to hear this now and know that they need to get on Penrose so they so he can buy them a hotel room somewhere fancy. <laughs> Yo, you know, the crazy part, bro, is I got that off. I went down there, being from Detroit, I know that's the biggest building in Detroit. So I'm like, yeah, this is what we're gonna do with that. We go in there, bro. We talking to the to the dude at the front. And I feel like bro either was about to get fired or he knew he was about to quit because the money for that room, nah, that ain't that yeah. ain't regular money. And he yeah. just he was like, yo, what y'all doing? What y'all here for? And I was like, yo, we throwing a podcast party, like a mashup. I got people coming from out of town, this then the third. And he was like, he had us on like the 40th. The room we caught was on the 40th floor. And he looked and he was like, yo, I'm gonna do you one better. So I get the key or whatever, and I, I go to the uh elevator, and the elevator is separate. Like you got joints that only go to the 40th floor, and you don't need no key, or or you need certain keys, but then the other joint, you need a key. And so I go to the uh door, then I look down and I was like, yo, y'all put this on the 70th floor, bro. And yeah, you get up there, it's, it's one side of the hotel overlooks downtown Detroit, the other side overlooks the Detroit River looking into Canada, and that's the side we had. That's dope. So, yeah, it was just a, it, was, it was a hookup, but it was good. They didn't know it at the time that it was a hookup, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, you had people from everywhere. Uh, my homegirl Killer came from Philly. Like you said, DMST from Ohio, Podcast Queens at the time, like Jersey. I mean, from uh, New York. Um, there's a lot of people, bro. The cats out of Indiana. Um, uh, I feel horrible. Them my niggas, the Drunken Nights. Uh. Uh, who else? Real and Raw podcast. It was a lot of people, bro. We, we, I feel like we started the mashup, to be honest about it. I, I appreciate that. You, you and Bella, for that matter, you kind of have this ability to unite podcasts together, especially black podcasts, but our people together and do uh, you, things with them. You had one of the niggas that, that invented the mashup with me. You had him on your show. Used to be my man's, bro. We used to be like ace like this, the nigga Black Paco. Yeah. That's that's who I started doing all of this with. Not podcasting, but he he was the uh you know part of DMST. And I'm you know, and so he the one hit me. He like, bro, you already know it ain't no real beef. I'm like, of course not, nigga. This is just Michigan, Ohio shit. He like, yeah, come on down here. It just started. And you know, so yeah, man. Back was a good dude, man. It's been a bit since I talked to him. But yeah, <laughs> I've been through personal shit with the nigga. I would never down talk a nigga. You you Use a whole ass nigga if you down talk a nigga that you said you loved at one point. And that, that was my man. So I would never down talk him, but you know, we got our own, you know, it you is, know it is. life happens. 
Exactly. Thing change, you know, you move forward, you know. And, exactly. and I agree with you. You know, you don't yeah. talk about it just like you know. That's let's, that's still my man. We just don't fuck with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes those things come back around. That's like that's for like, sure. You know, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I always found you fascinating in everything you do and how you exude confidence, intelligence, and curiosity. Appreciate it. In one kind of mashup of things. Like you always come off as a confident person. Yeah. But you also sure. come off as an inquisitive person. And a yeah, person who speaks their mind. Yeah. I ain't never had nobody break me down like that. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> That's real. You know, yeah. you know, I, I pay attention to those type of things, man. I, and, I, and I appreciate no those those levels to you. I appreciate it. I so mean, let me, go ahead, go ahead. I, 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 I like I have a lot of questions. One Tell me about this open mic thing that you're doing. Okay, so um, I'm a, I'm a poet by nature. As a matter of fact, I was listening to your last show, and when Slim was talking about how she wrote poetry in high school, I, I've been writing poetry since I was like, you know, you start off at seven, eight years old. It ain't really good. You know what I mean? You just write and shit. Yeah. And I was around 12 years old, and my one of my sisters, her, her friend, my sister was about to get married, my older sister, and her friend... Uh, was uh, getting fitted. My mama was making all their dresses. My mama was a seamstress or whatever. So she was uh, over there and happened to see the poem. And she said it reminded her, I forgot what I wrote, but she said it reminded her of uh, uh, Keep Your Head Up by Pop. Uh, and I was like, all right. And so for like, it's funny because for one, I'm 12. For two, she was fine in a motherfucker. And so I think because I liked her and she gave me a compliment, it really was like, all right, I'm sticking with this writing thing. And then it literally just turns into a thing. So fast forward to uh, getting a scholarship to go to school because somebody seen a, like my poetry and shit like that, blah, blah, blah. I get out here and we get confronted with out here in because I live in Prince William County in uh, New York, Virginia or whatever. And it's not a lot of black culture out here. Like, at, or it's a lot of black people. It's not a lot of black coach, ain't no museums, ain't no just pull up spots where it's just us, you know what I mean? And it's and it's positive stuff. And so we was like, we gotta, we wanna bring something to this area. And we wanted to start an open mic. And um honestly, my man's that's that I do the show with that own a network, he does business with another guy, um, V20 Productions or whatnot. And they introduced us to some people that introduced us to the uh the head guy at the art gallery and we took it from there, and so it's still it's it's still in the beginning stages. We we did four unplugged shows, and then started actually going live at the beginning of the year. Um, like I think our first one was January fourth or fifth, something like that. Whatever the first Wednesday of of this year was, but um, yeah. And so I I, I executive produced the open mic with him, and I I'm on stage damn near every week. I love performing. I love being in front of a crowd. I love dropping jewels. So. Uh, that's how I got into that, man. It's just my passion, and I think I, I manifested it. I told God when I when we still when the, when I stopped podcasting the first time, I asked God to say, "Yo, if you ever put me back into this, just take me somewhere where all I gotta do is be the talent." I'm that's like I, a lot of people don't don't see the value in that. Oh yeah, I'm that nigga, and I don't, I don't say it to be cocky. I said to say like, if if you got me on your team, you shouldn't even act. You shouldn't want me to do nothing else because the talent that I have in the areas that I have. Them, they draw because when you're on a real team, somebody should already be what somebody else doing. I ain't trying to overstep. They do because can't nobody do what I do. Yeah. So, yeah, you know I mean, but 
everybody should be equal. You know what I mean? So, but that's I, how I got into the open mic. I dig that. I dig that you said that because I think that um, there are different types of podcasters, the different po- types of podcasters that can do different things, and depending on how you move, kind of determines what you are. Like I'll give you a perfect example. Baylor is a guy who I admire because Baylor can do a whole 30, 45 minute podcast by himself and carry it. Right. A lot of people can't do that. Facts. A lot of people can't sit on a mic for 30, 45 minutes and, and sound interesting. Facts. Baylor had that uncanny ability to tell you a story and to weave a story for 45 minutes to an hour, 30 minutes, whatever you want to call it, and keep you invested from start to end. And I think that's really that's a real talent, and I think that it, it should be highlighted. You know, just like me, my talent. Apparently, to people tell me that I get people to open up and feel more comfortable when I interview them because they're like, you know, this is just a conversation between two friends, and, and right. they, so they, they they just talk. And yeah, I, you're a very good interviewer. I actually just told somebody that before we we started. I feel oh, like you, you interview like Murph. You remind me of Murph a little bit. Like you 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 definitely get your shit off, and you talk you you talk enough. But you you smart with your interview. A lot of people who do interviews, it's because it's they show, they feel like they gotta run their mouth all the time. Yeah. They, over, they overshadow their guests. You let you got your questions and then you'll pick questions out of what a motherfucker that said and it gels so beautifully. Like yes. I, I'm glad you caught that. Murphy to come on the show, by the way. I need to talk to him, holler him about that. I get at him. That's 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 bro. I got a man, listen, I ain't if niggas knew really what's going on behind the scenes and just shout out, shout out to Murph, shout out to Baylor, shout out to Road Boy, man. And I'll just say that we, yeah. I, I like that you guys are making those moves, by the way. Yeah, that's I, the, I, I see it. That's the team, bro. Like, we, the funny part about that is like, it came about just happenstance. This nigga Murph one day, we was talking and he was like, you know, I'm gonna make it, right? And I was like, yeah. He was like, well, we all gonna make it. And it was, you know, you just talking to shit. And he always says, me, you, Baylor, and Road. He never changed his stance on that, man. And the thing about this squad, though, is like you you can't you're not here if you ain't doing something individually as well. You know what I mean? Everybody got to do be doing their own thing. But we and we're not in competition with each other. Funny that you, when you brought up uh, my, my brother Baylor, because like when we talk, we always be I always be like, you know, I'm better than you. Right. He like, nah, I'm better than you. I'm like, nah, I'm better than you. You know what I mean? But it's, it's just all love. So, yeah, that's the squad, man. That's that's dope, man. I like that you have your hands and fires and so many different fires, and you're you're making moves, man. You're you're doing your thing. Thank you. Let Thank let me you. ask you this. I want to get more into you as a person and your mindset on how you how you see life. Like you was explaining the thing you was explaining earlier uh-huh. about the um the quantum immortality. Yeah. Yes. Where did you get that from? And also, you mentioned like the forty laws of power stuff like that. Seem like your brother who reads a lot. Oh yeah, I I read a lot of shit, a lot, a lot. So how did how did you get into reading? How did you get into like learning this type of stuff? Because I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't necessarily do, especially nowadays. Right. They don't read enough because everything's on TV. Facts. Um, for me, how can I say it? All right, so. I remember I was about 13 and I'm uh I had got in some trouble or whatever. And so I had to start staying with my um my mother. We grew up, I grew up hood rich, like extremely hood rich, like really good hood rich, right? And then around around the, my preteen teenage years, my mother kind of went through some shit 
you know, uh, our family is, uh, I don't know if you know, but most mental illnesses is hereditary. And so, and it, it usually hit at the same time if you don't know it's coming. And my mother bipolar, just like I am, just like her mother before her. And my mother, out of all of us, she's the one that never wanted to get shit checked out. And so she just literally snapped one day and shit went down here, right? So now okay. I'm in a position where we in the hood and I'm trying to be the man at the house. I'm out here doing dumb shit. So our, uh, my uncle was my great uncle, my grandmother, brother. They made me start staying with him. So I'm at his church one day and I'm chilling. And this lady, bro, just walked up on me and she was like, one day you're going to teach nations. I, I'm just sitting there. Never seen this lady in my life. She was like, one day you're going to teach nations. You're probably not meant to be a preacher, but you are meant to be a teacher. And then she walked off. I go into the into the uh, actual church and they was in there having prayer and that lady wasn't in there. So for me, I'm a nigga that believe in, in angels and all of that. So I can't attest and say that that's exactly what it was, but you know what I mean? It might have been. Anyway, when she told me that, I just started looking at life immediately in a different way. Um, I don't knock nobody religion, but I don't I don't base myself in religion. I believe all religions are right, but they are taught wrong. A lot of the books that we have are metaphysical. The Bible, the Quran, the Book of Enoch, the whole Apocrypha, all of that, right? And so I just started looking at life different. At a very young age, I felt like we was inside of a simulation. I've always felt like we somebody else's video game. Because if we can dream about people we never met before, then who the fuck, like, because nobody can tell you that why we here. Nobody can tell you that there's a God, but nobody also can tell you there's not one. Nobody can tell you the Big Bang really happened, but they also can't tell, you know what I mean? And like, even, even down to, and I promise all this to tie together, the thing that really just made me start looking deeper into shit and trying to get a deeper understanding of shit is black holes. Huh. To me, a black hole, if you if you know anything, like think about computers and people breaking down firewalls and shit, right? That to me, that's what it sounds like a black hole is. I honestly feel like that's what we is, is just a, a big ass. This is our reality. And we they prove what it's 15 dimensions, I think, or 11 or something like that. So if we can already prove that there's dimensions higher than us, then why wouldn't there be more intelligent people higher than us? And why wouldn't we just be somebody else's robot or invention or whatever? So it just made me feel getting deeper into reading. And the more I read, the more I open my mind to shit, and I'm I'm less uh, what's the word? Not less objective, but I, I became less judgmental, and so I just wanted to open my mind to the whole world. So that is a really fascinating way to look at things, and I think there's validity to it. And I think what you're saying kind of makes a lot of sense, even if you want to make it about religion. Yeah, I mean. And, Make it a deity thing. Like, all right, we, we're still puppets in a game that's being played. Clearly. To me, it, even with a deity, like, to me, they, okay, so I don't think God is some nigga that's just somewhere controlling fate and all of that. To me, and if you read the Bible, bro, this is why, like, I told somebody the other day, and nigga didn't catch it. I said, if you don't believe that there's a possibility that there's a reptilian race on earth, then you're not a real Christian. And nigga said, how does that make sense? I said, because the niggas that broke out of heaven was the seraphims. Those were the closest angels to God. The prefix seraph means reptile. And God literally killed Leviathan, which was an angel. And then nigga was a motherfucking sea dragon. And so what they do, they made it with humans. They took the Apocrypha out the Bible. When you read the Apocrypha, when that nigga flooded the world, he still took some of them, uh, uh, the Nephilims and put them on mountains where the, where the waters wouldn't reach, which means they still had to be here. I say all of that to say that a lot of this stuff is taught to us, but it's not taught to us properly because it's an, a lot of our religious leaders, it wasn't taught to them properly. 
You know what I mean? There's a and, and if you hold yourself to one book, why would there be so many different religious texts if only one person is right? I agree. And if and if only one person is right, then why is there at least 23 to 25 different religions that all have a deity that's born of a virgin that died on this day? And you know what I mean? It's all the same story with a different name. So you know, when you get into different stuff, man, to me, you God, I'm God. The Bible itself said when you're looking for God, look within. Yes. And when the man and when the man said that, where was he preaching from? He was preaching from the land of pineal. What is where do you have a pineal? In your motherfucking head, you have a pineal gland. That's how we get all thought, all processes. This is why they, you know what I mean? And I can get deep. Like it's it's for me, bro. It's this. I can sit with a, a Jewish nigga, I can sit with a Muslim, I can sit with a agnostic nigga, I can sit with an atheist, a Christian, whatever. And I break bread with all of them. Cause we all human. And that's the whole point is to be harmonic as humans. It's not up to me to tell you what to do. It's like I tell my son all the time. It's not up to you to be nice to nobody, but it's your job to be kind to everybody. It's the way the world is. So, and the more you read, the more you understand. And the more you read, the more you understand that you don't know shit. Yeah. If you feel like you know everything, you're the dumbest nigga in here. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I, I agree, man. I think that you kind of dealt the... Right on the head, right there, man. You hit the nail on the right there, man. Because I like, I like that you brought that up. Because I've always said that you can't necessarily take the Bible for what it says all the way, right? Because you know the Bible was written by man, of course. Facts. And and it gets translated from generation to generation, and sometimes people and things get lost in translation, and also. Men being men, let me just change this little thing right here to benefit, to benefit yeah. me. But you also, at the same note, you also have to look at how you have the Bible, you have the Quran, you have all these biblical texts by different names. Right. But a lot of the same elements are in these texts. Yeah. And they're from completely different religions. So it makes you believe, like, okay, now, if all these different books from different texts of different religions, whether it's Hinduism, Judaism, whatever you want to say it is, have very similar core values. Right. There has to be something to that. Yeah. It's got to be like religious. That's why I say every, it, I told you, I say everything in the Bible is true. It's just a lot of it's metaphysical. Yes. You know what I mean, like when you, and, and you got to think, like you say, it, it was written by man and, and you know, uh, uh, history is, is written by the victor or whoever's in, in charge. And so why would the apocrypha be taken out the Bible? Right, it's because like if you really read the apocrypha, bro, it really it honestly tells you that the angels came down and taught niggas shit that you wasn't supposed to know. But because they did teach you that you really, as long as you tap in, open your chakras, you really are unstoppable force. You are God. Like if you have a pizza, right? If you got an extra large pizza and it's three other people, and you get me two, this person get two, that person get two, you still got eight pizzas, eight slices. Yeah. Your pizza's not different than mine. You just have more. That's what the universe is. We all are other stars. Where where does iron come from? Iron can only be produced in 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 uh in uh in the stars in the heavens or whatever. And not iron. Um, yeah, it is. So when you when you look at if you for, especially if you for light skinned people and white people, if you look at your veins by your wrist where it turned blue, that's only because of iron. Iron only produces in the stores. Where does melanin come from? Space. The only thing, only place you can find melanin, the melanin in your skin. It's in other black people, ginger white people, and fucking space. We literally are spirits. We are of the universe. You know what I mean? And so when you really tap in, bro, 
that's that's you and again reading everything you gotta have an understanding of somebody else you can't just walk around being like i'm right i'm right i'm right that's cool you might be right about a lot of shit but if you look down on somebody else because they don't practice the same religion you do or or uh learn the same way you do or have the same values or you know what i mean then you really out here alone like i don't understand people that be beefing over shit like that to me it's stupid because it's, it's, this world is so big and beautiful. So many fucking beautiful people out here. What the fuck I'm about to beef with you for? That's true. So. I'm going to ask you a question, a, a pretty deep one, since we're, since we're on this conversation. Hold up. What are your thoughts on death? Do you fear it? Do you accept it? Do you, do you think about it? Do you ponder it ever? I mean, I've thought about it before. Of course, like everybody. Um, I'm ready for it. And when I say ready for it, I don't mean like I'm hoping to die tomorrow or nothing like that. I just mean like, nah, I don't fear it. It's, it's, it's the one constant. It's the one thing that from the moment a child has understanding, it is the one thing that never changes once, once you get full understanding of life. You know that you are living just to die. No matter what the fuck you do, if you have a great life, a shitty life, uh, whatever, you're going to die one day. Yeah. So there's no point in fearing it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like as long as you embrace and know that it's gonna happen, it's like I did a story. Uh, we did a story slam, and I went and told uh, you know what I mean. You had to get up there and tell life experience, blah blah blah. And in it, I brought up um, Seneca, one of the Stoic philosophers, and he was he said, uh, "Why why do we wait to do things just to say just so you can say, oh, um, I'll do it tomorrow?" And the whole well, I'm quoting that horribly wrong, but what I said to the people was. If you really think about it, everybody talk like when you think about Martin and Malcolm and all that, when you talk about how dope they past was and all of that, right? You can't have a dope past unless you have a dope present. So even though the past is beautiful, it's more beautiful not knowing how many days you got in front of you. So that means every day you actually get gifted with another day you go hard. You don't know if you're gonna wake up tomorrow. Yeah. And I believe in reincarnation. This is why kids, this is why a kid is sitting in in my homegirl, her son, name was four years old, reading French. Japanese, just talking about shit like you're not you're not supposed to know about. Once you die, that that light is just another vagina hole opening for you to birth through. In my personal opinion, you know what I mean? Like that's just the lights in the hospital room, bro. Like energy cannot die and it cannot be created. So where we go when we die? Right back out of it. So I'm I'm not. I death to me the, the the two most beautiful things in this whole existence of life is sex and death. Sex is creation. Death. Is 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 the abyss that you cannot literally pinpoint. Starting to end, Alpha and Omega. So yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm I ain't tripping over death at all. And I think I think you reincarnation is real. So I I like your answer. And I like the fact that you have acceptance towards it. Yeah, like you know, it's gonna happen when it happens. It happens. But right now, you live for the moment. Yeah, you got to. You got to. So I ain't tripping about going to heaven or hell. Like I'm I'm I even my outlook on all of that. Like, nah, you reincarnated. Do do good, be good, be kind to those that's kind to you. Let this motherfucker up. You're supposed to be on your deathbed happy. Let me ask you this then. I think see you're touching on so many things, the elements that I, I want to touch on. Because it's a deep conversation. Sure. The concept of good and evil. Where do you stand on that? 
And what I mean by that is, I'm not back up. What I mean by that is, because you know, some say that it doesn't exist, but there's also a level of morality that usually comes with goodness and evilness and what's just and unjust. Right. So how do we go about that? In, in my personal opinion, they don't exist. And when it comes to morality, you're supposed to be more amoral than you actually are moral. And I'm not saying when I say be amoral more than moral, I'm not saying that you're supposed to be out here doing malicious shit. It's just that everything has equal and opposite reaction. That's that's a, that's a law. That's a hermetic principle. Anytime, if you think about it, anytime you're doing something dope, your life is going in a great direction. All of a sudden, some shit that won't fuck your life up, but you know you shouldn't be doing it, that shit pop up. It's a, it's, it's a distraction. And it's meant to be there because... Everything has to have an equal and opposite. Um, so to me, there is no good or evil, right or wrong, bad or good, because I I had this conversation with somebody and I say, yo, I'm 19 years old and I go to war and the government is telling me that every missile I shot towards the coast of Afghanistan, it was cool because they said so. But if I come back to the United States and I shoot somebody and kill somebody, then all of a sudden I'm wrong. Was I wrong? Because what happens? Now think about it. Say okay. Say you hear a, a, a drug dealer kill somebody, right? Immediately people are like, "That guy's wrong." All you heard was drug dealer. He he's wrong. But what happens when you find out in the lane? In that lane, when you find out that the person he killed had nothing to do with drugs, he killed this dude because this dude beat his mama or or killed his mama. Now was he right or was he wrong? You in some people's mind he's just, and in other people's he's not. And that's all because of where you, what, what level you exist on, what lane you in, and all of that. So there is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad. It's equal and opposite reaction. That's a good point. I think there's love of- and there's no love. That's what exists. Okay. Love or no love. That's that's, that's what that is. I think that's a, a fascinating way to look at things. Because people do horrible shit out of the name of love. Think about that. A motherfucker, oh, yeah. go, a motherfucker hurt your mother, you go kill that nigga out of love. A motherfucker uh, 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 do some, some diabolical shit. You doing it in the name of no love. That's what exists. Either love or no love. That's it. So, how do you one, how do you keep all this in your head? How do you manage it keep this all in your head and kind of go through the day knowing these type of things. Like love and no love is a very powerful thing to, to have in your mind. Um, you, see, you seem like a very knowledgeable person. Yeah, I, I just tap in, bro. I, 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 the, 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 the cliche, a lot of people take shit that I say is real cliche. When I tell niggas I can talk to God, that's not no cliche shit. You ain't got to believe it. It just is what it is. When I tell people like my grandmother, uh, she, she told me when I was young, she, she caught me standing in the mirror and I was like, you know, I'm sorry. I know that's vain. She said, what are you apologizing for? She said, you're supposed to be vain. She said, you're not supposed to be malicious. You're not supposed to be ignorant. You're not supposed to hurt people. She said, but who gonna love you more than you do? You're supposed to say, so, so what I'm getting at is, I again, at a young age, I opened much up my mind to different shit. And then growing up, not knowing that I was bipolar, when a lot of people don't know, yeah, I, I, I won't speak on nobody else's mental issue because I don't have everything. But before I knew I was bipolar, I just, for one, I'm from the hood, you know, in the black community, when things go wrong, it's just, that's life, deal with it, right? And so when you're telling me to deal with it and I don't know what's going on, I literally, bro, 
One of, everybody that's close to me can tell you this. One of my favorite lines is always TV in my head. That's how I deal with life. I look every day. This shit is nothing more than a, than a goddamn sitcom or a dramedy or a horror film, whatever goes on. And that's how I can relate to life and get the moving through because. And when you say how I keep it all in my head, that's how I do. Because if I actually try to internalize this shit as normal or regular, I go crazy. So for me, it's just a different episode every day. And again, when you read shit, you, you can go through something right now. And ironically, a book, you'll be sitting in the doctor's office and the damn magazine that you open is something you read and got something to do with something that happened to you two days ago. You know what I mean? Or... Whatever. So for me to keep it, when you, when you ask how I keep it all in my head, I just, I actually look at life as TV. Everybody's, this is, this is a stage, but everybody, I'm not going to say an actor, but everybody has a persona. And a lot of people hate that word, but that's where the fucking word person came, comes from. It's from persona. And this is why ego death is the best orgasm. Once you realize that you don't have to put on for all of these people, you just got to put on for you. The world becomes beautiful. You got to worry about you and your energy. Your energy, whatever you put out, that's what's going to come towards you. People, jobs, money, all of that. When you put shitty shit out there, you get no love. When you put love out there, you get love. That's a brilliant way to end this episode. This has been amazing, bro. No doubt. I appreciate it, man. I had a good time. I appreciate you too, bro. This was a great, great time, man. See, the thing about this episode, I like so much about it is I don't even feel like we cracked the shell. There are so many aspects of things that we could talk about. Yeah, I am front. I look. I'm like, damn, it's been an hour already. I ain't even feel like it. Yeah, there's so many different elements of things we could talk about. This would be like a four-hour podcast, at least. Hey, bro, I'll come back whenever you're ready. We're going to definitely do that. Let let them know where to find you at and what she got shit. She got podcast now. Yeah. Um. On on any social network, you can find me at Penrose Eames. That's P E N R O S E E A M E S. Um. You can find me on YCC Network. Go to uh, uh Patreon.com slash YCC Entertainment. Also, just YCC Entertainment.com. Um. Yeah. My. If you're in the Northern Virginia area or uh, in the DMV period, we do a open mic in the Clearbrook Art Center out in Tackett's Mill. We also do one at Jeronny's Coffee House in Old Town Manassas. Um. And then, like I say, protest and riot. I'm on that podcast. Shout out to my sisters Chris and and VJ because we do all docked up, which is a documentary podcast. And then I'm bringing my personal show back, Penrose versus anybody. So yeah, man. I like to talk. I like to drop jewels, and I like to learn. So. I'm always out here in these entertainment streets. So definitely check all those things out. And go check out the open mic if you got time. Go check out the open mic. What do you have to do? If if somebody wants to be a part of the open mic, what do they have to do? Just go in there and say, hey. Yeah, so the way we do it, since it's uh, every Wednesday, two two shows out of the month is just come in and sign up. The other two shows, we actually do headliners. So it'll be sectioned out, like three headliners. But you can still also come in and show up and just sign up. So if it's somebody that's listening and if you, you really want to come out and be down, uh, I will say the one in Manassas at Jeronis is all PG because it is a coffee house. But the one in Woodbridge, you can be as reckless as you want, of course, within reason. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you can hit me up. Uh, just show up. Put your name on the list. Come rock. Come come watch if you want to, whatever. But, yeah, that's how you can get down. Either hit me up, uh, hit up my man Nelson, um, or just email us. Like I said, come on the YCC uh, page. And holler at somebody or just show up. There you go. Hey. Thank you for coming, brother. That was dope. Thank you for having me, my G.
And as always, Devil Cox Spirits, we are out. Peace.